with that, of course, but not mostly. It is equally concerned with living on this earth, living well, living in robust sanity. That's a good start. In our scriptures, heaven is not the primary concern to which earth is a tag-along afterthought. On earth as it is in heaven is what Jesus prayed. Wisdom is the biblical term for this on earth as it is in heaven, everyday living. Wisdom is the art of living skillfully in whatever actual condition we find ourselves. And that's important. It has virtually nothing to do with information as such, with knowledge as such. A college degree is no certification of wisdom, nor is it primarily concerned with keeping us out of moral mud puddles, although it does have a profound moral effect upon us. I'll skip down to the bottom. Proverbs concentrates on these concerns more than any other book in the Bible. Attention to the here and now is everywhere present in the stories and legislation, the prayers and the sermons that are spread over the thousands of pages of the Bible. Proverbs distills it all into riveting images and aphorisms that keep us connected in holy obedience to the ordinary. So with an introduction like that, from someone who's a biblical scholar of note, Peterson, who's taken the Bible and with many other scholars has, or he's written and it's been looked at and mulled over and, you know, re-edited and we have what we call the Message Bible. And I, and I love reading it because it does help to bring what can sometimes be written in an era that does have different values and different understandings and it brings it up to or brings it into a today type experience for me. I love reading the, the Message Bible. I don't read it in isolation from my NIV and from my concordances but I love it and from what I've found for me it is accurate. It, it expresses what was in the heart of the writer at the time. Uh, I'm sure there are some idioms in there that others may argue with, but it, it speaks to me, and I believe it speaks God's heart to me. And so this morning I want to hopefully bring something of that across to you, as the Lord has been speaking to me recently, and I want to share that with you. And what I want to share with you today, uh, we could call the full life, the full life, the life that Jesus came to bring us. The full life. And when I thought about that and I went to some of my other, other books that I read, it said, Jesus came to bring us the full life. He came to take us to Disneyland. And when I read that, I thought, no, that doesn't seem right to me. Um, but a lot of people think it says that. A lot of people think that the full life is living in Disneyland. Now, I can still remember the first time I went to Disneyland. I was 35 years of age. I'd, I'd grown up in an era where I didn't have television as a boy. I'd, I'd read comics and all the comics was the only visual stimulation I had outside of my textbooks and my Bible. And I loved the stories of, uh, of, of that. And as I became a teenager and a bit beyond that, I got to see television. I moved to the big city. I moved to Brisbane and I had black and white television. It was pretty awesome. And, and, I, and I saw there was a Mickey Mouse Club on television. You know, I was, I don't know. 18, 17, 18, 19, and, and, I, uh, and, and then we had children some years after that, and that was, that was still what was the diet for young people. It was television, it was 
Mickey Mouse, it was Donald Duck, it was Black Pete, it was the bloke on the, pirate, on the ship and all those, other, all those other characters. And it brought this amazing place called Disneyland alive into my head. And I thought, one day I might see that. And I can still remember the first day I went to Disneyland. And what it says over the front is the happiest place on earth. That's Disneyland, the happiest place. And I thought, wow, this is the happiest place on earth. How awesome is that? And I walked through the gate and I felt that. It, was, it felt fantastic. And I can still smell it. I can still smell Disneyland. When you walk through that gate, I don't know whether it was popcorn or whether it was something, or it was hot dogs, or I don't know what it was, but when I walked through there and walked down Main Street, I was transformed, I was transmitted, I was translated into another world, the happiest place on earth. And I love Disneyland. It has something about it that still speaks to me, the child in me. And every time I go to the US, I go to see Mickey Mouse. And whenever any of my family go to America, I say, don't forget to go and say good day to Mickey Mouse for me. There's this sense of connection with something sweet and something that was quite particularly spectacular. But you know, we can't live in Disneyland and really it doesn't offer everything that we need in life. But a lot of people feel that this is what living life to the full is. To live in that expression of wow, wow, look at that, look at that, look at that. And unless we get that wow, look at that feeling, we sometimes feel like we're not living the full life. But that's not the full life that Jesus came to bring us. And if we look at what he said in John 10, he said, I've come to give you life in the full. And this, this expression of life is a life under his guidance as the protector, pastor, as the shepherd. That's how Jesus came. And the life he wanted to bring us to was one of full satisfaction in our soul. The best life can offer leading into eternal life, which is now, as we read the scriptures, eternal life is knowing God. And so we enter into eternal life when we come to the Father through Jesus. It's not out there somewhere, it's right here, right now. And my thesis this morning is that there is no better place, there is no happier place, there is no place of greater fulfilment than right here, right now with Jesus, for me. And my prayer is today that it will be the same for you. That I don't have to be somewhere or be doing something or going somewhere for a, a, a high to be in the best place where I feel life to the full because it's where I am with Jesus. And that's what life is in all its fullness because I know he is going to lead me the way that needs to be for the best expression of life is in his heart for me. You know, one of the things that we, we forget, or sometimes we do, is that, you know, we see humanity as, as one blob, but God doesn't. He sees humanity in the, in the nitty-gritty individual parts of who we all are. God created us, each one, unique. We're not the same as the person sitting beside us. And you might say, thank you, Lord, for that. But it's true. We are uniquely ourselves, and that's how God made us. He wanted us to be a part of his grand plan. 
So it's important that we engage in this experience that God has for us individually. God has, let me say this to you, God has a daily living plan for your life. Every day. He has one for me. But mine is different from yours. And yours is different from everyone else's. God has a daily living plan for your life. It's a different plan for each of us. He didn't make us cookie cutter. He made us unique. Back about 30 years ago, our eldest son Peter had a very bad car accident. And he was driving, thankfully, Carol's brand new car because it meant it was safer than his old car. And he was heading back from Sydney to Brisbane and he had a head-on collision with another car and the driver of the other car was killed and the passenger in the other car was very badly injured. Peter was um, beat up but was walked away from the accident even though the car that he was in was so written off that they couldn't, they were flat out understanding what make of vehicle it was. I was in Sydney that day and uh, he rang me up at the end, I was down there on business and I was due to fly back and he rang me up and he said, Dad, I said, what, Pete, how are you? Where are you? I thought you were driving back to Brisbane today. He said, yeah, he said, I've had an accident and someone's been killed. And I said, oh, Pete. I said, where are you now? He said, I'm in the Windsor Hospital and I have to go to the police station when they discharge me. So I went out, I was at Liverpool and I got someone to drive me out there. And I saw him in the hospital and then we went to the police station and... We were there from 6.30 until midnight when they charged him with culpable driving causing death. And uh, I um, asked about bail and they granted it within the police station. Um, and I put him in the car and we drove to the uh, hotel near the, near the airport. It was the Hilton Hotel there. We went and booked, in, booked a room at one o'clock in the morning. We'd rung Carol by then and told her that Pete was okay, but there was a whole mess that was unfolding for another family and for us, and we didn't quite know where it was all going to land. And I remember when I got into the, hotel, into the hotel, I said, Pete, we need to just have a read of the Bible together. And he said, yeah, Dad. And this is the reading. It was in Psalm 139 and verse 13. And I'm reading out of the message, I want to read verses 13 to 18, because they're relevant for us today, but I'm giving you that setting because it was so poignant for me at the time that I had no idea what was happening to my son's life, to our life. I didn't know where it was going or what was going on. And, he's, and this is how Peterson puts it. Oh yes, you shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God, you're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvellously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. Your thoughts, how rare, how beautiful. 
God, I'll never comprehend them. I couldn't even begin to count them any more than I could count the sand of the sea. Uh, let me rise in the morning and live always with you and please God, do away with wickedness for good. These were the words that the Lord spoke to me as I spoke them to my son and, and reflected before the Lord. There was another time when those words became powerful to me. It was when my mother, at 69 years of age, came home and said, the doctor's just told me I've got liver cancer and I've got four weeks to live. I said, Mum, let's have a look at Psalm 139. Because I know in there it says, Lord, you know all the stages of my life before every one of them, any one day has been lived. And, and the Lord didn't extend my mother's life but I knew that the days that she lived were the days that were in the book for her. And so I was comforted when she went to be with the Lord. You see, the word of God is real and is alive and speaks to us in all kinds of circumstances. Those days weren't the days when I felt like putting on a party hat and celebrating. But in those days, I felt a nearness to, of, of the Lord to me. And I believe that they're the times when God wants us to know that we can lean into his heart of love and understand that he understands us because he formed every part of me. He knows me better than I know myself. He knows you better than you know yourself. He's not going to walk away because he created you to love you. He created you to love on you. He created you to have a communion with you that starts when you say yes to Jesus and goes on into eternity. It doesn't stop. It never stops. It only just keeps getting better because it gets richer and fuller as we step into the more of what God has for us, each one. And so when we look at that, we go, well, how, how, am, I, how am I sure I'm on track, Lord? How am I sure I'm on track? The Creator is awesome. And so... Lots of people get caught up with, okay, God's good and I, I need to dream big. I, I can dream big because God's God and he's given me the opportunity to dream big. I can dream big. I can dream as big as I get out of bed in the morning and go, Lord, what can I do today for you? Can I climb the mountain? Can I convert a million people? What can I do for you? What's today, Lord? Or what business do you want me to build? Or what do you want me to do, Lord? I want to dream big. And what happens is so often we have a bright idea <laughs> and we go, ah, that's it, that's it, that's the bright idea God's given me and away we go, we charge off and we wonder why we run into a brick wall because it wasn't really God's good idea at the time, was it? It was just one of those that we had when we woke up, and, oh, that's a good idea, let's go with that. Sometimes the poor choices help to bring us to a place where we go, God, what are you doing to me? And it wasn't God doing it to me at all, it was me doing it to me. Sometimes we think that we can find the answer to what this dream is that's in my heart because God gave us the capacity to dream. And so I want to dream the dream that is God meant for me to dream. And, and so I go searching for that dream. We go looking for it. And somebody comes along and says, I see in you someone that the Lord wants to do this to and through. And you go, oh, that's it. <laughs> now I know. That's what I'm about. That's who I am. That's what I'm for. And we charge off and we go, was that you, Lord? It sounded like you. He had a voice that sounded like the voice of heaven. He, he said the thus and the thous in the right places. And I know it sounded like it was you telling me to go and do that, Lord. Well, the Lord, when we stop and check with him, said, well, it actually wasn't me, David. It was somebody that was sort of 
well-intentioned, totally wanted to bless you, but they spoke it out of their soul, not out of their spirit. And we need to be careful about that because we can pray soulish prayers. We can pray the things that we really think God wants for that person because we would want to see that for that person, but it may not be what God actually wants for that person. So we need to just be a little careful. And this is where we come to that Proverbs reading where in Proverbs 3 we read these words. Again, I'm reading out of the message. Uh, verses 1 through a few. Good friend, don't forget all I've taught you. Take, heart, take to heart my commands. They'll help you live a long, long time. A long life lived full and well. Don't lose your grip on love and loyalty. Tie them round your neck. Carve their initials on your heart. Earn a reputation for living well in God's eyes and in the eyes of people. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Now there's a relief. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. You mean everywhere, Lord? Well, yeah, I do mean everywhere, the Lord says. He's the one who'll keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Run from evil. Your, this, I love this bit. Your body will glow with health. Your very bones will vibrate with life. Honour God with everything you own and give him the first and the best. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't rely on what you think you know. Speak to him about everything. Acknowledge him. It means take him into your conversation. Take him into your confidence. Lord, what do you think? How's it going to work? Da, da, da. And he will direct your paths. That's a promise of God. So the problem is we take a shortcut from before the beginning to the end. You know, we kind of delete all the ways through and we go, oh, I think this is a great idea. Let's go down this road. Come on, Lord, let's go. And God's saying, yeah, I'll come with you, but it's not really the road I want you to be on right now. It's not the best road for you. But he doesn't abandon us, but it's not the full life that God intended for us. So Solomon, who wrote Proverbs, David's son, who wrote Proverbs. He also wrote Ecclesiastes, which is another interesting book. And in that, he talks about experiences, experiencing all of the wonders of Disneyland, all of the things that a man could ever want. He says, I've done it, I've seen it, I've tasted it, but you know what? It doesn't count for anything. It doesn't really get life vibrating in his bones. So stop and think about that, because that's what the world promises us, is if we try this and we try that and we do this and we do that, and if you've got a plan for this and a plan for that, life's going to be great. Well, Solomon had more than all of the do's and the don'ts of everything and at everything. He was the richest man in the whole world. He had everything money could buy. He had everything that he ever wanted and desired in his heart and all the things that he wanted he did. And he said, you know what? Still comes up short in the end. So the glitter and the glamour of what the enemy paints and what our hearts can dream up won't bring us to a place 
of Disneyland here on earth. <laughs> it only brings us to a place that runs out of puff and leaves us wanting something more. Jesus said, I will give you life in all its fullness. Come and listen to me. Listen to my voice. Follow me. And then you'll find life in all its fullness. There's a way to move to life without stress and fear. Is to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not unto our own understanding. As we push to achieve our dreams, we sometimes, we seek the Disneyland experiences to pump us up and keep us going, but they don't last. Only God's life plan and purpose, uniquely written in God's heart for you, will bring you peace and joy. You see, I don't know what that plan is for you. God hasn't revealed it to me. But he wants to reveal it to you at whatever stage of life you're at. He wants to reveal it to the kids at their age and stage and bring it alive to them. He wants to reveal it to old people like me who kind of have lived life, but there's still more ahead. And I want to live the ones that are ahead exactly how God wants me to live them. Because that's where I want to be. Because I know when I'm with God, I'm feeling fulfilled and I feel like I'm, I'm alive. His plan is perfect for us in our relationship with him, and then also it will flow out of that to be perfect for those around us. Only God is clever enough to make all that work out for good, which is what the word tells us he can do. Only God can satisfy the deep longing of your soul. I've preached it before. God made, I believe he created us with a God-shaped hole inside us that only he can fill. We try to stuff it full of other things and it doesn't work. But he created us with a God-shaped hole in us. It's like a, a jigsaw piece that's got God, that shape. And when we let that come and we invite him in to fill that space, then there's a heartbeat that's connected to heaven that begins to create life in all its fullness for us. Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, Hebrews 12, means he wrote the story. He wrote the faith walk story as a man on the earth, perfectly handled all of the broken world, all that it could deliver to him he dealt with. It didn't mean that he enjoyed it, but he walked through it. And his victory over death and destruction now gives us through him the authority to declare the power of heaven into our circumstances. We shouldn't ever underestimate that. We have the authority because of Jesus' victory and because we connect with him to declare the power of heaven into our circumstances. As I was out walking this morning, I was talking to the Lord about the tide of belief in the world. And I, and, and I particularly have major distress about the teachings of Islam, which are being promoted across the earth. I'm going, Lord, you know, how do we deal with that? How do we pray about that? Because you love all those people. He loves every one of those people who've been mistreated by teaching that has taken them down another path. And it's like, pray the tide of teaching off people. I said, thank you, Lord. I'll start today. 
the tide of teaching that is connected to Islam, which is a lie, it's out of the pit of darkness, pray that tide back. The tide can be pushed back. And the people will suddenly go, whoa, there's another way. There are millions of people who've been trapped in the religion of Islam who are coming to Jesus because I believe others are praying the tide of understanding and the tide of teaching that's a an ocean of lies. Pray that back. We have authority. We have the authority of heaven in our circumstances to pray that back and let the people come into the light. That's something that I think, just a little clue, but I think is what God's calling me to for the rest of my life. Who? Oh! Maybe. <clears throat> but that's me. That mightn't be you. But let the Lord put on your heart what he wants you to have, to pray, to do, and how to be, to be in relation with Jesus. We reassert to the kingdom of darkness that rules the earth that we are not under its dominion anymore. It's important for us to do that. We should not ever lay down and let the enemy run over us. Even if we feel like we're down and out, put your hand up and say, in Jesus' name, no. <laughs> There's authority and power in that. Not my name, not my hand, but his name. The enemy knows when I put my hand up that I'm not saying it's me, David, here. I'm saying, hey, this is Jesus' servant here. And I'm saying with his authority, back off. Leave me alone. Leave alone, my brothers and sisters. We've got that authority. That's a part of living life in all its fullness. We are under the dominion of the one who has dominion over the one who has dominion over the earth right now. Don't ask me to repeat that. But Jesus is over Satan. That's what that means. And so we can live out with praise and thanksgiving as we did earlier today. We can live out this life. So how do we do it? How do we do it? How do we do it? Well, I believe the way Jesus did it is the way for us to do it. In Matthew 6, he said, this is how you do it. He says, don't worry about anything, but trust God for everything, in and for everything, the Lord's Prayer and beyond it. I pray see that bit with consider the lilies where God says look at them they don't worry about anything and look how beautiful they are God provides for them we had a, a wall hanging once done by a lady I did preach a message on it years ago and she was moved by the Holy Spirit to do a painting and it just said a, a, a wall hanging it just said consider the lilies it was a reminder of God's incredible focus on you personally and on me personally he sees us with it with eyes that just i can't describe but they're so awesome in john 5 19 and 20 jesus said the son the son can't well this is my pricey of it my ex expression of it john 5 19 and 20 where he says the son can do nothing by himself but only what he sees the father doing the son can't independently do a thing because he chooses not to. He chooses to only do what he sees the father doing. And Jesus lived the full life. So the formula for living in peace 
and without fear and anxiety is to trust in the Lord. It's got to be more complicated than that, surely. Why aren't we all living the full life? Maybe we're not trusting the Lord fully. Maybe we say, yes, Lord, but when we get to a point, we go, I'm not so sure about that. I don't think you can cover that, Lord. I think that one's a little bit big for you to handle. Because you know God is good and he loves you and he sent his son to show that. There is no greater love. John 15, another one of my favourite scriptures in verse 13 says that there is no greater love than to lay down his life for his friends, which is what Jesus did. Because God is love and his love plan for your life was written in his heart before you were born. I want you to hear that. I truly believe that. That before you were born, God in his spreadsheet wrote down your name. I'll use mine. He wrote down David Anthony Delaney because he knew that's what I was going to be called by my mother. Even though originally she wanted to call me Peter. But because she married an Irishman, she didn't want to be Peter Anthony Delaney. They were going to call me Paddy Delaney. God knew all of that stuff was going on in my mother's head. So she decided it would be David instead. And I like that. I'm glad I was called David. So God had David Anthony Delaney written on his spreadsheet and he said, and this is what I want to have happen to bless you in your life, David, and this is how I want it to be for us. God wrote that before I was conceived. And then he allowed my mother and father to have me as a child to begin the journey on this earth of living out God's life plan for me. And somewhere along the line, I decided I was in charge. And God let me because he loved me. He wanted me to be free and he gives me freedom. And what happened was my soul became connected to things that were not necessarily good for me at the time. I'm not talking about bad stuff. I'm just talking about stuff that led me away from walking in the plan that God had in his spreadsheet for me because that was his heart. He put it down. The best for me was written down by him for me. I just stepped off the page and I am not unique in case you wondered. I would suggest that most people step off, not not all of you. I I know that there are some here that are probably exactly on the page and have never stepped off it. They're not my place to judge. But I know I have, and so I confess that. But he, I believe, wants me, and I have recently refreshed this with the Lord. And my prayer was, Lord, let my dream for what I want to do for the rest of my days be actually the dream that's in your heart for me. And I don't even know what it is, but that's what I want, Lord. I have no idea what it is, but I want it because I know it's good, I know it's your plan, and I know it's absolutely what's best for me and for your kingdom to come in me, through me, and towards others. So, Lord, I'm willing to step off the cliff. I'm willing to, Lord, trust you with everything that's ahead of me. Everything. Nothing will I withhold from you, Lord. No thing will I take into my own hands and declare this is what I want. I will every day wake up and say, God, this is your day. Let me walk in it your way. Wherever that takes me, whatever that looks like, however that unfolds, Lord, I want what you have in your heart for me today. Let my dream be your dream for me, Lord. 
There is nothing better. I believe that's an invitation for all of us. And if we say we want his life plan to be our life plan, I don't know if you've ever seen God do cartwheels in heaven, but I believe he would do that. He would be that excited that we would go, I get it. It's your plan. It's the good one. I want that, Lord. I want that. I don't want anything else. I want that. So today, you can ask God to truly be Lord of your life with none of your plans but all of his. Now you go, hang on a minute, I've got to go to work tomorrow and I've got bills to pay. Yeah, absolutely. You don't, by taking God's plan on board doesn't mean you sit down and you wait to be rescued in the storm. You know, God says, carry on, move forward, do what's ahead of you. But let me guide you. Trust me. Ask me. Be, I am the good shepherd. I want to hear you ask me and I want to tell you what to do today. Like, it's legitimate to go to work because you have a job and you're meant to do that. God isn't saying, tear it all up. He's saying, let me guide you in the way forward. He's a good shepherd. We hear his voice. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. We just don't listen enough. Well... My big, I beg your pardon, I'm putting on you my experience. I don't listen enough. I go, oh, wow, thanks, Lord, that's a good idea, and start off on it. Or I think I should do this or I should do and, and what I think, generally speaking, is not breaking the law, generally speaking, is not harmful to other people, generally speaking, is quite okay. But generally speaking is not specifically what's best always for me. And God's got that, you know. I don't know how I can say it any clearer. There is a better way, which is God's way. And it's daily revealed. Jesus said, take no thought for tomorrow. Today is what matters. Abandon your plans to God's goodness. I wrote this. Um, I put it in my phone so I wouldn't forget it. So... I, because I felt like it was one of those God moments, you know, where you go, oh, that was you, Lord, I'm going to write that down. It was, abandon your plans to God's goodness and find peace and joy in that place. Abandon your plans to God's goodness. That sounds, sounds pretty, sounds like God to me. I think it sounds okay. Because God is good. If you abandon your plans to his goodness, then he'll massage them and make them right. And then you go with him. And in that place, there's joy and there's peace that you won't find any other place. So there we go. That's the message, folks, for today. The message is abandon your plans to God's goodness and he will take you to a place of peace and joy and he will lead you in the way everlasting, in Jesus' name. And this is the prayer that was written today in my everyday with Jesus. I just love how God puts these things together. I talked to you about the message, um, which fits under the songs we sang, all of this stuff. And this morning as I got up, I'd written this message. I finished it yesterday. I've sort of been percolating along in the last week. This morning I got up, read my everyday with Jesus, and this is the prayer at the bottom. My Father and my God, 
shatter any chain that binds me to a false lover. No longer will I be betrothed to your enemy. I would be yours and yours alone. I ask this in and through your son's name, Jesus. In other words, I don't want to be tied to any other dream. I don't want to be tied to any other idea. I don't want to be tied to any other lover of my soul. I have one. I want to be tied to him and him alone. And I want every other chain that wants to hook me onto anything else to be shattered. And then the lover of my soul can lead me into eternal peace and power in Jesus to finish whatever the, whatever the dream of God's is for my life from here on in. And I, don't, I honestly don't know it. I have no idea what it is. I have no idea what tomorrow holds. Actually, it was about 10 days ago, I think, when this Lord really spoke to me about this. And I said to Carol, hey, this is what I think the Lord's saying. So we're, we're really out there just with you, God. And, and we'd been told some months ago that the house we're renting, we could stay in for years, that the people that owned it were very happy with us as tenants, and that was it. The next day, the man rang up and said, oh, look, our circumstances have changed. We've got to put the house on the market. <laughs> That's your plan, Lord. We go with that. And we got excited about the thought that we might have to move. How crazy is that? Because that's the last thing we really want to do. And they came and said, well, actually, you've got a lease till November, so hopefully another investor will buy it and you'll be able to stay because you're really good tenants. We said, oh, well, you know, God's got it sorted. Uh, we know you have, Lord. We just don't know what it's going to look like. But we felt a peace about it. Whereas the week before, if it had happened, we'd have gone, oh, I'm not so sure about that, Lord. How are we going to pray about this? How are we going to stop this happening? We don't want to stop anything happening that's God's perfect will. Now, there's another part to this. There is another part to this, and this is equally important. I'm saying I want to walk out God's dream. The enemy does not want me to do that. The enemy of God would want to try to take me off the path. So the second part is that I prayed that the Lord would protect the path. And that the enemy's hands could not reach onto that path and grab me or grab God's plans. And I cut off the enemy's power and ability and authority to interfere with the path. And that's an equally important part. Choose the path, tell the enemy to get away and leave you alone on that path because you have authority to do that. And then I ask the Lord to send angels to guard the path. So that I'm walking along this path that's lit with power and fire by the angels of heaven protecting my journey. So nothing, no thing can come onto that path and interrupt me following what God has got for me to do. Do you want to join me in that? If that's your heart, and, and please, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to whip this up. I'm just sharing what's in my spirit. But if you feel, if, if the Lord has spoken to you somewhere through this this morning... And you want to be in that place. If you want to stand up, I, I want to pray for you because I'm excited. But only if you feel like it's what God's saying to you. Ah! So, so, Lord, I thank you for my brothers and sisters, Lord, who, who have said yes to the dream that you have in your heart for them. Lord, how precious, how precious are your thoughts towards us. How precious are your plans for us. And so, Lord, as we say yes to your plans and no to ours, Lord, we don't want our plans to override yours. We want your plans to be the plan for our life from this day on.
Help us, Lord, to walk in that way, walk in that place, to follow your Spirit's leading, to follow your voice, Jesus, that we would call out to you daily and say, Lord, have your way. Let your kingdom come, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven, into our lives, through our lives, for your glory's sake, Lord. It will be your glory because it's your plan. You are the one, you are the creator, you are the sustainer, you are the giver of life. And Lord, we walk with you from today forward. And Lord, for everyone that has stood this morning to say that, I pray now, Lord, with your authority, Jesus, I declare that everyone that stands here this morning is choosing to walk a path that is the path laid out by the Father through Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I tell every interfering spirit and every work of darkness, you have no claim to the path of the people standing before the Father right now. In Jesus' name, your hands are cut off. You have no power to interfere with the journey. You have no power to interfere with the path. I declare that in the name of Jesus, and I release them into the full communion with God that that path has for them and to the glory of God, I declare it. And Lord, I ask you now to to deploy angels to go alongside the pathway, Lord, with fiery protection that the enemy can't even get close to this path journey uniquely designed by you, Lord, for each one of us. And Lord, you're the master planner. Lord, you intersect all the roads at the right time and those paths will touch and move and change according to your leading. But Lord, it will be the most beautiful beautiful mosaic of your love and glory in the earth in jesus name and all that agreed said amen thank you lord bless you jesus wow good on you guys have an awesome awesome life it just got better (laughs) i really believe that now there was some um there were some words of knowledge about